0: Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen.
1: Good morning. Hope City Church. We're happy to be with you. It's Sunday morning, wherever you may be, but it's Thursday morning at our house. And we are trusting that all is well in your house, that the peace of Christ prevails in all of the interesting circumstances we find ourselves living in and that more than anything else, more than those circumstances, that God's making himself real and clear and plain to you and that you're finding the grace for life to live together, and to find His will and pursue it. So we're going to spend a few minutes sharing with you. Jane's going to start off right here, right now.
0: Well, your pastors have asked us to jump in with your month of celebrating Advent. And um, as a young girl growing up in the Lutheran Church, it was a practice that we held every December where we came together and focused on the attributes of God of his hope, of his joy, of his peace, and his love. And um, it's a time to remember the great gift that God gave us and that he's coming back again. And so your pastors ask us to focus on love this morning. So I want to take a minute and remind you of some scriptures about how much God loves us. And I want to read 1 John to you from chapter 4. And it starts with um, verse 16. It says, I'll back up and start with verse 15. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. As I was praying about this uh, morning, about this, this morning, I was thinking about the greatest insecurity that probably lies in the heart of all men is that knowledge that God loves them. It's a great insecurity, and, and Jesus tells us, the Word of God tells us that Uh, The opposite of love is not hate, it's fear. And it shows us in 1 John once again that it is perfect love that casts out fear and that fear has torment. So man lives in this soulish realm from a heart position, of great fear when he doesn't know and understand the love of God, but yet the greatest thing that God ever did for us, Romans 5, 8, let me read you this, this is a wonderful verse. While we were yet sinners, the Bible tells us, that God proved his love to us because Christ died for us. And then over in chapter eight of Romans, it says, and with Christ, because he's already done this, how much more will he do for you because of his great love for us? So I was thinking from Isaiah this morning that Isaiah chapter, I think it's chapter nine and verse five, it's a great prophetic scripture about Jesus coming to the earth. And it starts off and saying it says, "For unto us a child is given. unto us a son is born." And we know from John's gospel that um, God loved us so much that he gave us Jesus. And so my greatest prayer for the body of Christ in this hour, in this season, not just Christmas, but in this season moving forward, that we would find ourselves so deeply rooted and grounded in the love of God that our our security and our identity is established in his love for us. So my prayer this morning is that you may know the fullness of God and his love in a way that you've never experienced before because this church is the greatest gift he's given us, is his love expressed in Jesus who has died for us and freed us from our sins. Amen. That's my thought, David.
1: Uh, those are good thoughts, sweetheart. Those are good thoughts. So, so we talked this morning about how he was motivated by love, and we're going to Absolutely. read that a little bit in a minute. But uh, it, it's we have to carry on carrying that love, and then because we love him, in the end we give all these things back to him. So Absolutely. there's a real transference of character that takes place. There's a real there's a real change of nature. The love of God is far more than just simply feeling guilt-free about your faults and your sins. That's right. It's far more than uh, a feel-good moment. In fact, I don't know that it has anything actually to do much with a feel-good moment or a consistent...
0: Excuse me.
1: (laughs) Someone did not turn their devices (laughs) completely off. Uh, It doesn't have much to do with a feel-good moment, but what it has to do with is a force with a power it will elevate you when you receive it beyond your own circumstances, your own feelings, your own disappointments, and it will empower you to live a life that is both free from sin and expressing the character and the nature of God. So I'm going to read to you this morning for a few minutes out of John chapter 3, a very familiar portion of scripture that uh, probably, I don't know that I've ever actually preached on it, but you know where I'm going in John chapter three. I'm going to read to you verse 16 and 17 in a minute. And I'm going to start with verse 13. It says, no one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the son of man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up. Now there's places where that means physically lifted up. It talks about right here, the serpent being physically lifted up, but it's also talking about, our responsibility to lift up metaphorically the Lord Jesus Christ so that he's seen from every corner of the camp, so that he's seen in our lives, so that he's seen in your church, so that he's seen in all of your relationships, Mm -hmm. that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Now, Mm -hmm. I want you to see, and Mm -hmm. it's rather simple, that having eternal life is, again, more than simply being forgiven of your sins. This, This gets preached a lot, about being sin free. And that's really important. I don't wanna diminish it, but the story doesn't stop there, nor is that actually the main part of the point. You'd have to ask yourself why God wants you to forgive, forgive you of your sins. It's because he wants to change you. So it says in verse 16, for God so loved the world. God so loved the world. He just didn't love people. He loved the world. It says in different places that he set up the systems of the world. He loves his creation. He loves his creation. Set, All of it. He set up the systems of the world mm-hmm. that are there for his glory. He created them. Mm-hmm. He sustains mm-hmm. them. So everything from human government to church to marriage, to God, these things belong to God. Right. And he has an expression of himself. He wants to manifest in every form of government and every living thing and in every in, in the planet itself. So it said he so loved the world. So we, we use that word so a lot. I, I so, I'm so happy. I'm so <laughs> glad that we sometimes overlook the fact that it means like what's going to follow is how much he loved, how much he paid for it. I so loved that Mercedes Benz. I paid this much money for it. I so love my wife or my husband. I put up with these things. I so wanted this that I was prepared to make this sacrifice in order to get it. So he says that whoever believes in him yeah. should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Mm-hmm. So you see right there uh, some some great thoughts. We're going to camp on them for a minute. It tells us how much he paid He paid the ultimate price in the form of an altered relationship. He gave his son, that his son would shed his blood, that his son would die for the sins of the whole world. And as wonderful, even poetic as that seems when we stop and think about it in a distance, there's a huge price there. There's a separation there. There's, There's a chance. There's a risk. There are all sorts of things being taken. But what I really want you to see is it says that he did this so whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life right we we sometimes think that phrase believes in him means believes on him or believes about him and I recall talking to you about this word in one time earlier in years gone by but it's still it's the preposition into and it draws a beautiful picture. So, in the first place, up in verse 15, whoever believes in him just means believes in the idea, gets introduced to the information. This, this in right here in verse 16, who believes into him means looks on him and beholds, and then moves towards him and is so is so engrafted into who he is that they become like him. Yeah, conform so to
0: the image of his son.
1: That's right. So so God so loved the right. world, not just so you can and I could feel better right. about our, our life or about our future right. or right. reconcile our past to ourselves right. and sort of limp through life <laughs> and, and be a little bit better, a little bit better human beings. This has nothing to do with being a better human being. Right
0: although it does produce a better human being. The conformity to his son, Jesus Christ, ultimately brings forth a life that is sanctified, justified, purified unto his glory.
1: That's sort of a consequence. That's yes, not, That's is. not really the no. the effort. That's not the endeavor. So so sure, you, 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 you end up being a better person, yeah. but again, it's not really the point of becoming a better person because most of us, go through life thinking that that it's okay if we if we get close enough to God that he just makes better versions of who we used to be. Yeah,
0: so that ends up being a works thing.
1: It does. Yeah. That we just be better versions yes. of what we once were, if we could just be better people. And in the end, we're just more cleaned up sinners. Mm -hmm. So if you get the car half washed, the car's still dirty. (laughs) If you wash the car with water but not with soap, it's still dirty.
0: It's not behavior modification. It's transformation.
1: That's exactly right. And that transformation is from the inside out. But that that transformation is about becoming becoming basically Christ on the earth. There's a place in Ephesians chapter 4 where it says... When by speaking the truth in love we grow up into Him. Right. Well, that means grow up into Him like a puppy grows up into a dog. Mm-hmm. That the inherent uh, life is right there all along. It's meanings. It means that you get inside of it and that you become that. So this is mm-hmm. what eternal life's based yes. on. Yes. Eternal life isn't based on on you having a head knowledge, me having a head knowledge that Jesus Christ came into the world no, to die for us. That's right.
0: Jesus said in John chapter six, 17, uh, eternal life is to know him. And I'm just thinking about that place where where we step into this as we have believed and received the gift that he's given us that we don't allow easily that transformation process to begin working in us where we are so filled with ourselves that all of those dynamics make us feel bad about us if we are not rooted and grounded in the understanding that first and foremost, God loves us and his purpose for us is to express Christ on the earth. So while he does all the work on the inside of us, if we simply yield to that place of believing in his love, knowing that he's the one that does a good work in us, performs the things that concerns us, completes the work in us as we yield to his love and care
1: for us. You said begin. And, right. And uh, you and I had a conversation yesterday, I think, mm-hmm. about about how we pursued the Lord when we began our yes, walk. Yes, yes. And Good, not,
0: yeah.
1: I, I'm, I might not see it like all of you do. Uh, well, I'm not gonna get off track there. Uh, I might not see it like all of you do in that that I, I don't sit around and lament for who I used to be spiritually. Right. I don't sit around and lament all the passion or the pursuit that I had for the Lord. No. Uh, because while I did pursue the Lord. I don't know that I would have known to describe it in those terms, but though I did I did know to to read his word, I did know to try to follow him and obey what I read. That's probably been the crux of my whole life is to read it and then try to understand what the scripture said so that by by applying myself and then God strengthening me like Gene just alluded, I would live better. But begins not the point. begins the beginning but it's not the middle, it's not the end, it's not the conclusion. God so loved the world, not just so that you can be made a little bit better. God so loved the world, not just so that you could sort of get in the door and say, thank God, take your coat and hat off and sit down. God so loved the world that you could have eternal life. And that requires a full time, all time, for the rest of your life pursuit. So that when you, once you've begun, You have to encourage yourself from time to time, from year to year, by saying there's more to my relationship with the Lord than what I've had right now. He so loved me that he paid the ultimate price. He so he so loved me and bought
0: with the price. That's
1: right. He so loved me and the people around me and the world that I live in that he's not content just for me to get started and stop. He so loved me that I, I, by the grace of God, want to live my life in pursuit of making that price that he paid worthwhile.
0: We he, love him because he first loves us. That's right. Loved us. That's right.
1: And still loves us.
0: And still loves us. But, but in that whole thought, we yield our lives to him because we have an understanding of, of the price that he paid, the love that he gave, mm-hmm. and the destiny that we've been assigned to live out on this earth.
1: Yeah.
0: Exactly.
1: That's right. So, so where the crux comes in, you can start off and you can know that God loves you, but you read out of Romans chapter five a moment ago and it says that we know that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That's not that's not a that doesn't start off if you read the context it's not a love for god we make much of a love for god But as Jean said so clearly, you have to start with the understanding that God loves you. And that's exactly the context in Romans chapter five. Right. Is that He died, He died for us. He loved us, but it doesn't stop there. No, it doesn't. Because it's lived out, it's expressed, it's even learned. Mm -hmm. Eternal life is not just something you receive, it's something you also have to practice. It's something that you learn. So you have to learn it by loving the people around you. And sometimes that's easier than it is other times. Sometimes loving yourself is easier than it is other times. Right. Sometimes loving your spouse, loving your family, loving your life, loving your job, loving your church is, is not always easy. And the human tendency is to try and back up and, park yourself in a way where you don't have to risk your emotions mm-hmm. or your feelings right. and get yourself hurt right. but you're supposed to engage yes. with the people around yes. you because that is the context in where God teaches you both how to love yeah. and by teaching you how to love and showing you that you can do it it also increases your awareness and capacity to receive your love from him too. I
0: remember uh, having a conversation with the Lord, uh, actually just in this year, in 2020, and uh, I was praying about knowing the love of God from Ephesians chapter three, to have an understanding about the length, the breadth, the height, and depth, to know the love of God. Uh, And I, I just so clearly felt impressed by the Holy Spirit that I knew the love of God because of David, that David expressed a love of God towards me and for me that I would never have known had I not been married to David. And so you realize in those moments the divine destiny of of relationships of the Mm. divine connections that god gives you because in those you experience all of the character and and the growth that god wants you to come to learn in those relationships and so it becomes my responsibility to make sure that I'm not only learning these things, but that I am receiving them from others. And I'm just thinking about what a what a terrible disservice we do to each other when we are trying to grow in love and we're holding offense, offense, or unforgiveness. The offense. The offense, that's right. The fence. that's pretty good thing, that's <laughs> <And> clever. <laughs> That separates us, and yet someone is trying to come to us in a place of humility with restoration and reconciliation. But I shut my heart off, so I'll never know the love of God in that. Will you I? Will not.
1: If you I, will not.
0: because I'm resisting it, I'm, I'm, um, I'm not, uh, I'm not embracing it, and and so because it's the Holy Spirit who sheds the love of God abroad in our hearts, right. then you know the Bible talks about resisting the Spirit. Uh, uh doing uh, despite to the Spirit of grace, um, quenching the Holy Spirit, these because He is the, uh, the uh, personified love of God that works in our lives. When I resist the love that is trying to come from another individual, how much am I resisting the Holy Spirit? And his work to cause us to grow and increase with the uh, capacity that God has for us.
1: That's a really good thought. Mm. And I would say that I, I learned love from you. Thank you. I learned love from you, <laughs> from your acceptance and your kindness to me, from from. Uh, how many times you gave me the chance to start all over again? Uh,
0: it's always a new day, and the mercies of God are new every day. So should ours not be? Yeah, well, it wasn't.
1: It wasn't always quite that easy. No. It was that simple, but it wasn't always quite that. But we easy. learned. We learned. We learned. But but we learned because because he's on the inside That's of both right. of us. That's right. Compelling (laughs) us towards each other as we draw near to Him. Yeah, exactly. Drawing near to Him requires you to open up the communications and the passageways into each other's hearts and lives, which is why it's so very Mm -hmm. important to have the people in your life that you're supposed to have. Yeah, really. So, recap. Yeah. Uh, God so loved the world Mm -hmm. that He paid the infinite, ultimate price essentially of Himself. (laughs) God died for us not just so we could be cleaned up he came not just so we could have a new chance to get washed up a bit and start all over again down the same pathway he came that we might have eternal life Mm -hmm. eternal life is purchased by your step you have to receive it as a gift but it's still validated in your own life purchased step by step day by day, as you move yourself into him and into that love that drove him towards you. You, It moves you towards him. It also moves you towards other people. Mm -hmm. It's easy to say, I love God. John said in 1 John, Mm -hmm. how can you say I love the Lord whom you haven't seen? How can you love the Lord whom you haven't seen if you can't love your brother whom you have seen? Mm -hmm. The truth is, is that you can't. You just actually can't. You can pray the paint off the wall, Mm -hmm. but it's Mm -hmm. not going to work so red hot for you if you don't have love for your brother, the same kind of love that you received from God when you were born again. This goes on so that when he comes back for us, We have the hope that we will love him for we will see him as he is. Yes, We will will be like him. We will be continuously day by day of our life and on into into that Mm -hmm. great moment, changed, transformed in the twinkling of an eye. We'll be made like him for we shall see him as he is. And what we're going to see in part is a great heart, a great strength of redemptive love that's poured out for all mankind. Mm -hmm. So... This will be my end thought here. Gene's pointing to the scripture. This is my end thought right here is let your love be redemptive in the ongoing work that God's called you to in the relationships and the places he's put you. It's okay to hurt a little bit. It's okay to be wounded. It's okay to be disappointed. Suck it up, move forward, (laughs) keep your heart open. And love the people that God's brought into your life. He does not feel sorry for you. (laughs) He does not feel bad about the people you're stuck in your life with. He does not think you're being mistreated. He's watching to see the response of love that you can take and pour out on all the souls around you. And by that, by that and by that alone, not by your prayer life, not by your miracles, not by your prophetic gifts, not by your anointings, not by any of those things, by the love that you have one for another, your peers, your humility, your self-sacrifice, will the whole world, will your whole world know that he came mm-hmm. and that he loved them, that he loved those original disciples, that he loves you, yes. and they'll know inarguably that that love is sit towards them as well, thank yeah, you.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking about uh, the scripture in Revelation chapter one where it starts off and it's Jesus, uh, it says that all glory, all honor, all power, dominion is unto the one who loves us and freed us from our sin. It loves us, present tense. But I just wanna close here uh, with a portion of Jesus's prayer from John 17 where he is expressing his heart for unity and love And uh, may it be the guiding force of our lives, as I said earlier, in these days so that truly all men may look at us and uh, recognize that we are the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ by our love. So Father, chapter 17 of John, verse 24, Jesus prays and says, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. And the Bible tells us that he's loved us before the foundation of the world. So our desire is to manifest his name and his glory because we understand how much he has loved us and given to us in his son, Jesus Christ. Righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, we know you that's right and those that you have connected me to know you and I am making known your name to them and will continue to make it known father may we not grow weary in the places and the people and the assignments that you've given to us to manifest your name in this hour so father that they may that the love with which you have loved us may be in them and that you would be the Lord of glory over each of our lives. We ask this and pray this in Jesus' name. We do. Amen. Merry
1: Christmas to you all. Thank you for overlooking our phones or whatever other noises we happen to make. Glitches. Yeah, the glitches. So excuse us for it. We bless you. Yes. In Jesus' name. Yes.
0: Thanks so much for joining us today.